Welcome to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast, where I interview some of the best coaches in the business to find their secrets and share them with the world. I'm Scott Ritzheimer, founder and CEO of Scale Architects, and we help founders and leaders find the right coach at the right time so they can achieve the predictable success they deserve. And a huge part of that is helping great coaches do great work that creates enormous demand for their services with way less effort. If you're a high demand coach, I'd absolutely love to share your story and expertise as well. So stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome. Welcome once again to the Secrets of the High Demand Coach podcast. And I'm here with yet another high demand consultant, and that is Dr. Jane Lovis. She has over 30 years of experience as a software developer, technology leader, and consultant. She's the principal and owner of Lovis Consulting, a coaching and consulting provider for women leaders in technology. Now, Jane has her PhD in organizational behavior and master's in information systems, quite the one-two combination, if I might add. She has consulted with companies such as Booz Allen Hamilton, Washington Mutual, Fannie Mae, Nextel Communications, and Exo Communications, where she has a proven track record of successfully turning around failing projects while also improving morale, communication, and team cohesiveness. Well, Jane, I'm so excited to have you on this show. I have so many questions that we can dive into here. But before we get to all of that, I'd love to just start with you. What were you doing before coaching consulting and how did that ultimately lead you to make the leap? Well, it started as being a software developer. And I I was actually a software developer when we were called programmers. And when I was post hard, um, hard punch, but we would, when I was in school, I was, I was in school out in Las Vegas. And we would send our code to United Airlines in LA and get it back the next day. And you hoped you didn't have a mistake. (laughs) And what I really love doing is solving problems. So that's how I ended up as being a developer and how I moved into consulting and then coaching. Wow. And in particular, uh, a woman in the this programming development space and and technology, uh, very much you know pioneering your own way through that in a lot of respects. I would imagine. Uh, tell me, what is it that uh, you found uh, distinctly challenging about that, and also what has been the most rewarding parts of that for you? Well, for me, what was one of the most challenging things was my husband was active duty in the Air Force, so we moved a lot. What being in technology gave me was it gave me quick access to jobs. You know, there were there's there were always jobs available where it hindered was I didn't do any. I didn't even know to do any planning and look at this as a career. I just did it because it was fun. I liked it. It was easy. You know, I know people are going to laugh when they when they say it was easy. Yeah. It was it was it was easy for me, and but I didn't I didn't take it seriously. Hmm. It was 
it was good and I loved it. And it wasn't until my husband retired and we were in actually in one place that I started taking it seriously. And I still to that, it wasn't, it was never intentional. And that is actually one of the things that I work with leaders about being is intentional. How do you, what is it that you want? I never, nobody ever asked me what I wanted. You know, I just kind of fell into things and, and did well and had fun. Remarkable. So you've got this, this, you know, long and successful, even though it's, you know, maybe casual to an extent, but a long successful career in the tech industry. Uh, and, and now you've kind of moved into this coaching consulting role. What would you say some of the most important work you're doing for your clients today? Well, I have a, a big vision that I created about a year and a half ago, and that is causing and elevating 1 million women leaders in technology. And it's not even doing it by myself. Um, you know, the odds of my coaching a million women leaders is pretty, pretty slim. I intend to have a, to live a full long life, but even that's pretty challenging. And so it really is encompassing having lots of conversations, sharing what I'm out to create. And the reason that I'm out to create this is when you look at women coming into technology, they come in at entry level at about 50%. And they're 50% of the population. But by the time you get to mid-level and senior levels, they start dropping off. By the time you're the C at the senior level and the CEO level, they're at about 24%, 22 to 24%. Wow. And there's a lot of reasons for this. There's, you know, we've still got societal structure, structural reasons. We've got, you know, that that people like to hire people like themselves. Um, we've got things that women can do. We've got things that men can do. And so what what I'm really committed to being is that voice that just keeps continuously asks that question. How do we create organizations that that are really effective and they they really solve the problems they're innovative people like working there cuz what i found in all the years of of my consulting and working as a project manager developer I have worked with people that loved doing what they love, that they do. And they got frustrated with the companies. Mm. And I want to change that. Well, so we've had a number of guests and, and uh, you know, this is uh, uh, something that we cannot repeat enough, but a lot of it has been focused on particularly women themselves and how they can succeed in business and and, uh, and in their careers. One of the things I noticed on your site was uh, you help, you go into companies and help CEOs and leadership teams to create an environment where women can succeed 
in, inside of their businesses. And I'd love to just kind of dive into that a little bit because I think it's a, a it's a central piece of how we create more effective organizations is by bringing everyone into it. So tell me a little bit, you've got the CEO who's listening and they're alarmed by the statistics like you and I are, and, and they're looking in their own company and it's like, that's kind of true, right? So how, what can that leader, that team do to start to move the needle? Well, and and there's a couple different ways and it's really great. I'm glad you asked that because I'm in the process of writing a book right now called Leading with Love. And that's really the whole point behind behind it is creating organizations that real that really work. And so there's three main pillars that I talk about that I'm writing about in this book. And they're the things that I've worked on formally and informally in my career. And the first one is leader, know thyself. Mm. So know really who you are. A lot of leaders, I've, I've, I've been with leaders and, and stuff that say, well, this is just the way that I am. You know, I'm, I'm very direct. I, I ask very pointed questions. That's just the way that I am. And actually, that's probably not just the way they are. They learned to be that way. And it was fairly effective, it was effective enough for them to get where they are. But it's not taking them where they want to go. Right. And every CEO that, that I know, that I've talked to, that I read about, they all want to even be more successful. Mm. And so there's, there's a lid that we all have on our own self. And so the first thing is being willing to really know yourself and look at what's working and what's not working. Yeah. And that's a, that's a really deep conversation. Yeah, it sure is. And and the thing that I like about this is you right out of the gate is like, hey, these are things that have served you well in the to various degrees, right? Some yes. of them haven't, but these are things that are that have worked for you, right? The, there's lots of successful tech companies out there with 20% men, you know. So these yeah. are things that have worked historically. So how do you help someone to to kind of reset that conversation conversation and say, how is it working for you now? Well. One of the things, and we're all familiar with um, 360 surveys, and that's that's always a great place to start. But then I take it to the next level, which I do what I I do stakeholder centered coaching. And what's unique about it is that it involves your stakeholders. So so much coaching, and I've been a part of this before is what I call coaching behind closed doors. You know, people don't even know that the leader is being coached. And they don't share and they don't share what they're working on and they don't really talk about it. Well, in stakeholder-centered coaching, once you get that 360, you take a look at it and we look at with you know, maybe that's somebody on the board or a peer that you really, um, you know, you've got a lot of regard for. We pick what it is that you're going to work on. And then the leader goes out and shares that with, and this is why it's called stakeholder-centered coaching, shares it with their stakeholders. 
which are typically three to five, maybe eight people that they identify, but they're two peers and three to five people that report directly to them. Wow. So when when a leader starts sharing that and starts getting feedback, what happens is two two it's all it almost seems like miracles. Their behavior starts changing. And it in many ways it's often easier to start with the outer behavior because you mm-hmm. can see that rather than than the inner behavior, but the right. outer behavior is always a reflection of what you're thinking. So right. as you start really focusing on that, you actually have to start getting clear on what's going on in your head too. Mm. But the other thing is by enrolling your stakeholders to be a part of this, they're now totally invested in your success. Right. They want you to succeed. So even if they see something, you doing something that they've seen you do before that you said you want to change and, you know, think back when you said, when somebody said to you or you said to somebody, I'm going to change this. And you go back to your old behavior. You didn't enroll them. And either the first thought of you for that other person or you know that the other person is thinking, well, here they go again. They didn't change at all. Yeah. Because they're not invested in that. When you're invested in it. You keep you keep working with that person because they know your commitment. Yeah, one of the one of the most devastating thing I've, I've seen in leaders who are going through these kind of change processes is that you know the timing on their change and the timing that that change shows up in the world consistently enough for everyone to believe it. There's a gap, right? And yes. what I love about what you're talking about here is it kind of acknowledges that gap and invites everybody in, right? Yes. And, and yeah, it's just, that's really, really cool. So uh, I want to keep us going though, because I think you're onto something. The first step was leader, know thyself, right? In, in creating organizations where we can lead with love. What would be the second step? Leader, know thy stakeholder. So, and and mm-hmm. in this case, from the, the coaching, this stakeholder is really expanded because it also includes your customers because they have a stake in your organization. The community that you that your business is in, that you work and play in, um, your your suppliers, they're all your stakeholders. Even the environment, because if we, you know, if we keep going the way we're going with the environment, we're not going to have a place to have business. So those are all your stakeholders. So knowing them and knowing who they are, knowing what makes them tick, you can in help ensure that people get in the right positions, Mm. that they're doing the jobs that they are suited for. And what this does not mean, because I've had leaders ask me about this, this does not mean that you cannot let anyone go because it actually may support that person to be left. Because this may not, your organization may not be the right culture, the right fit, the right whatever for that person. And there are ways to let people go, not sending texts or on Twitter. 
is not the way to do it. I, I've, I've used this a couple of times with, with folks. And, uh, and I would say we express our humanity not in whether we keep someone employed at our company or not, but in how we go about separating, right? So you, you, don't, do, you don't send things in text. You help them find the next thing, right? Just because they're not employed with you doesn't mean they're not employed anymore. And it doesn't mean that you can't help them find something better. Uh, so I, I, I love that approach uh, and, uh, and, and that idea of inviting your customers even into your coaching process, I think it's powerful. Uh, that's, that's really cool. What would you say then is the third kind of key pillar of, of this model? The third one is create success for all. Because mm. if, if your customers are successful, they're going to keep buying your products, right? If your employees are supporting you successfully in creating your products, and I've been reading studies lately that really actually even support this is organizations that say we're going to take care of the people first and then we're going to work on focus on profit versus companies that say, oh, our profits, this is what we're taking on is we're going to be more profitable this year. And yeah, we'll we'll take on our, our employees and our customers. The companies that take on their customers and their employees and make that the first priority end up with a higher profitability than the companies that start focused on the profit. Because yeah. profits is an outcome, a measure of how your organization is doing. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. Uh, so uh, there's a, a question I like to ask all of my guests, and I think there's an opportunity to kind of uh, round all of this out and, and pull it all together. But what would you say is the, the biggest secret that you wish wasn't a secret at all? What's that one thing that you wish everybody listening or watching today knew? Really, that secret that you can treat people more than just right, but we'll just use that word for right. Treat everyone right. And your company is going to be a success. Mm. And, and what gets in the way of that? Because I think we all are kind of like, yes, I agree with that, but it's, it's rare in practice. So what is it that gets in the way of that? Our own fear, our own thought that there isn't enough, that if I don't get it first, I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to get my fair share or even more than my share. That, And we... We've seen this happen throughout the ages, you know, and there's always something different, something that comes along to open things up. And by your being there in that space, who knows what will open up for your organization that's going to take you to the next level? Yeah. Oh, so good. All right. So uh, one more question here, and then I'd love to uh, share how folks can get in touch with you. But before we get there, what would you say if you were to kind of take off your coach consultant hat for a moment, put on your CEO hat, uh, jump into the ring with the rest of us, if you will, and what would you say the next stage of growth looks like for you and your organization? And what challenge will you have to overcome to get there? Well, I'm starting to speak. I'm going back to speaking. And my commitment is to be an international speaker because mm. I really want to take this message out and expand it. And so 
so really, you know, I get to deal with myself. Yeah, I, who am I to be able to do that? How can I say that? What do I have that's so important to say? And I'm actually next week, I don't know when this is going to be be released, but it'll be over the near the 4th of July. I am going to Israel to speak at a leadership summit on leading with love. And we just, we need love, kindness, and I'm talking about love as a as a real power mm. to make a difference. And we need that in the world. That's awesome. That's it's so exciting to see that launching out. And again, that, that goal of a million leaders, uh, uh, women leaders rising up uh, and, and the ability to do that. Uh, I, you know, I'm excited to see where this goes for you. I think it's going to be fantastic. So if folks are out there, maybe they're saying, hey, we'd love to bring in uh, Jane to come speak with our organization or we, we just need help. Help us, you know, uh, or they like this idea of stakeholder centered coaching. How can folks find more out about your work and, and get in contact with you? Well, my website is lovas, L-O-V-A-S, B as in Victor, A-S, consulting. So they can reach out to me there. And I'm on LinkedIn, Jane Lovas. I am the only one. So easy to find. Reach out, connect. Yes, I would love to have a conversation. My book, Leading with Love, is going to be published in October. And I've got a fun, quick, inspirational read that if anybody reaches out, that I'll be happy to share with them called Put Your Big Girl Panties On and Kick Your Fears in the Ass. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, head on over to loveisconsulting.com. Uh, I believe I remember seeing the book on there. And yeah, uh, yeah go ahead and, and request your copy. Jane, it's just an, an honor and privilege having you here. I'm uh, so excited about this message that you have and, and your ability to get it out to the world. Thank you for being here. And for those of you uh, tuning in, you know your time and attention mean the absolute world to us. I hope you got as much out of this conversation as I know I did. And I can't wait to see you next time. Take care. Scott Ritzheimer here. Thank you so much for listening to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast. If you are a successful coach, consultant, or advisor who's built a strong book of business and would like to be on the program, please visit go.scalearchitects.com. And if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media and just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials? If you know someone who'd be a great guest, you can tag them on social media to let them know about the show. And make sure you include the hashtag high demand coaching. I love seeing your posts. I love seeing your guest suggestions. Thank you so much. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss any of those episodes, go ahead and subscribe now. Your thumbs up, your ratings, your reviews, they go a long way to help us promote the show and they mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, you can go to our website, www.scalearchitects.com or you can follow me or the company on LinkedIn, Facebook or Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs>